And welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 155. That's an odd-numbered show, and even though it's Monday night, odd-numbered means me and me alone. I told Brandon that he can get drunk all he wants, pass out, run around, as long as he keeps his social distancing intact so we can get rid of this darn corona. Uh, But... He is not going to be with us tonight. I'm going to be talking two books. I'm going to start my X-Men catch-up, and we'll be talking X-Men, number one, and Marauders, number one, and a male wedged in between those. But before we get to that, let me tell you where you can find us, and I'll tell you where you can find me right in this stinking room. This room is starting to smell. Ah, yes, and we're also on Twitter. At WS Marvel Comics, you follow us, we'll follow you back, but I will maintain a six-foot distance so you don't punch me in the face, just like I saw somebody do at Aldi the other day. Not me, but punching somebody else. Also, you can go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where, since there aren't new books, there are a bunch of retrospectives. Is that the retrospectives? Also, some retro reviews things of those nature uh and there's a bunch of stuff so you can go over there and check out some stuff there's a lot of catch-up of series of writers we have dispatch dcu doing a ton of work over there and so go and check that out uh we also have a patreon account patreon.com slash weird science where i've been doing a bunch of things i actually have a daily show now where I am catching up each and every day on one DC book and one Marvel book. Today, I ended up doing Valkyrie Jane Foster number one. Uh, that was what today's deal was. And I've had a, a bunch of days in a row. I, this was actually my sixth day in a row of doing that podcast, usually around 20, 25 minutes, you know, for two books, one Marvel and one DC. And I, I have enjoyed it. And I have actually realized that I had skipped some books that I shouldn't have and also skipped some books that, you know, I really did and am enjoying. And I'll just tell you some of the things that I have gone over. I've gone over Immortal Hulk number 26, Savage Avengers number 7, Valkyrie Jane Foster number 1. As I said with that, Meet the Scrolls number 1 I did the other day, and I can't remember the other ones, but those are some. And just as a little bit of a tidbit of what's coming up tomorrow i'm going to be talking about dr doom number one and then on wednesday black panther number one and then back to immortal hulk number 27 i really liked immortal hulk number 26 when i talked about that i was gushing over it and it kind of got me mad because i fell off that book at issue number 25 that mind screw 
of an issue. And I'm kind of mad because I really like 26. I wish I never would have read that 25. That really threw me for a loop. That did. Uh, But also, just to let you know, we end up because there's no new books coming out. So what are we going to do on the regular podcast? And the regular Monday night podcast with Brandon will start up again next week. Kind of trying to, we're trying to get things kind of in order, trying to get things set a little better, things like that. And then, of course, no books. So that kind of threw a wrench into the works. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about some classic stories. Now, two of the books that we'll talk about, one will be picked by Brandon, one will be picked by me, but then the other two will have four issues each podcast. The other two books are going to be picked by everyone. Everyone listening can pick it. The poll itself will be on Patreon, but it is open to the public to vote. I will have the address to click on in the show notes so you can go. And there is a pick of a ton of books, most of them being about two or three issue arcs that we'll talk about. And then when those are done, we'll have another pick. And hopefully, you know, we can go through a bunch of different stories, have fun with it. I'll give you a hint. I'm going to be talking about a Captain America story. And I'm sure Brandon will just pick a Wolverine story because that's all he yaps about. But we also have a Patreon-only spotlight that comes out each and every Wednesday. Used to be New Comic Book Day. Now it's just Wednesday. Uh, And what we do with that is I end up looking to see what was supposed to come out. And then I was getting what I call the variant version or the amalgam of that. So this past week, what was picked by the bad butts of the Fresh Start crew, beep, boop, was Spider-Man and Black Cat number one from 2002. That's the Kevin Smith book that pretty much stinks. But I put that on because Black Cat was going to come out. So that was one of the picks. I also ended up because Daredevil was going to come out. I put Daredevil, the man without fear, number one, as a vote getting pick, and it was picked. Uh, you ended up having the uh, bad butts. They ended up picking that, and I really did enjoy that. So, going forward, just to say it again, we will be talking comics. We will be talking Marvel comics. That's kind of what this podcast is about. I will end up on my show getting caught up on the X-Men books like tonight, but then starting next Monday, me and Brandon will be on together talking a bunch of classic stories. And this is what, if you listen to the DC Comics podcast that I do with Eric uh, this past Sunday, it came out. It's what we did there. We had a bunch of votes and we are talking some classic stories there until we end up getting new books. And I enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it. Me and Brandon were going to catch up with the Monday show and I thought you know what let's have some fun and talk some older things because I enjoy talking on the spotlight I also have already been catching up on things every day on the Patreon so if you want to hear that catch up you can do that but we're going to talk classic stories but hey I'm yippity yapping here let's get on with the rest of the podcast uh, because we have some X-Men books to talk about like I said we also have a mail that I will be talking about as well to kind of be the cream in what I'd like to call the Oreo cookie of the podcast that we have, but we're going to go off right now to talk about X-Men number one. All right, and X-Men number one is written by Jonathan Hickman with art by Laniel Francis Yu, inks by Jerry Allen Gwillian, colors by Sonny Go, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And we start off with a flashback with Xavier giving Scott 
young Scott some glasses so that he can open his eyes and not burn the crap out of everybody around him. You know, that's the thing that you kind of like to do. And it is a pretty good scene. It shows you the connection early with Xavier and Scott. It shows that Scott trusts Xavier when he says whatever. Also, it shows that Xavier can make some pretty good ruby quartz sunglasses, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, but also, it ends up with Xavier saying, listen, the uh, being afraid to open your eyes and be yourself and, and not trust things, that's a human thing. Get, get over that. You know, we're mutants. We're better. We should trust each other. We can go forward with this. And Scott ends up opening his eyes. And lo and behold, he doesn't burn the crap out of people. Uh, and I like the scene. I will tell you right now, and please don't jump down my throat. Don't hit me. Don't stomp on me. Don't cough on me. Uh, I'm not a big fan of uh, Lineal Francis Hughes art. I've never been. I just am not a fan of his art. It's a personal deal. So please don't take it personally yourself. And it's not going to ruin the issue for me at all. Uh, but it, there's no real wow moment in my mind with the art for me because I don't really like the art style, but it doesn't make it bad. It's like one of those, it, it, to me, it doesn't elevate the story. The story's pretty good on its own, so it may not even need that. I just, I'm looking at Xavier and I just, I don't like it. I, I don't like the way he looks. It looks a little like Brian Michael Bendis. And that might get me a little triggered as well. Uh, but we go out to the now where you end up having pretty much what I would say a strike force of X-Men uh, being led by Cyclops and Storm in a orcish stronghold. One of the last ones where they are going through and wrecking house, trying to get to what ends up being a lab ends up being where they are holding some mutant children doing, you know, experiments on and they're there to liberate them. Uh, and you have some good back and forth between Storm and Scott, where Scott says, you know, I'm always careful. You can trust me. I always am there for you. And in the meantime, Storm is very tired because she is running herself ragged. And I like the idea of the whole deal in my mind, thinking since Krakoa has kind of been a thing and they're trying to get all the mutants there you do have somebody like storm who's a great character great gal she is and she is going to run herself ragged trying to save every mutant try to get them to krakoa later on she says that she is tired but she's also tired of fighting and she is never going to be tired of uplifting young and any mutants to make them better and make them safe and it's one of those things that they are working so hard to get to krakoa to be able to have this paradise but it shows you here starting off x-men number one which i do like the way that jonathan hickman plays it that it's not all sunshine and bubblegum here you still have awful humans trying to do awful things and they have to stop that and that ends up being Kind of, uh, you know, intermingled in this whole issue as we go from this orchestra stronghold. Later, we will go to the forge around the sun that we saw in the hawks and pox and actually see the human side of things where, you know, they have some loved ones dead, maybe. But as this is going on, you do have Scott and Storm going through here, blasting away, trying to kill robots, sentinel-type deals, humans. They're going, and they end up 
in a dead end pretty much where it reminds me of Star Wars where Han's running down and I'm talking New Hope. They're running down the hall and ends up running into the room with like 7 million stormtroopers. So I don't know why they're just standing around like that. I think that they should be working. I hope they weren't on the clock, but and them running away. Well, they get to this dead end and realize, okay, they're there. They're not retreating anymore. They're protecting something. This must be the lab we're after. All right. Call in the big guns. And all of a sudden, Magneto gets called in. He comes in with Polaris, his daughter. And he's pretty bad butt. And he is in this issue from here until we, we leave him on Krakoa. He seems to really be enjoying his role here as Magneto and as an X-Men and doing things that are very Magneto-like and being allowed to do that because they are all together. And I do like the idea of a storm. Scott, Magneto, and Polaris here working together. Magneto says, basically, I do not want to touch down. They are gliding in here. I don't want to touch down and touch any of these stinking humans. I mean, they, they stink. I hate them. Uh, clear them out, Polaris. She's like, all right, whatever you want. Ba-boom. And she ends up just making a clearing uh, where she's ripping up the metal floor into the, there's all these, you know, wires and things that people are all pushed aside. He ends up getting down there and you end up having Scott trying to blast through this door. And he says, I- I'm having problems here. This is vibranium. I don't know if we're going to be able to do And then Magneto just puts his hand on his shoulder and tells him to hold his beer and then just rips the door out. As this is going on, you do see inside it is a lab. You end up having these Orcus people in there and they talk about the idea. All right, we have all of this info that we were working on, all of this. And it's not a did you upload it? There's this, hey, is there? And it's kind of gets a little fancy in my mind. Hey, how much of redundancy do we have here and the forge? And, oh, it's like 80%. Okay, that means we still are okay. Uh, all right, everybody. And, and it's almost like this is the Titanic and they are going to, the band's going to play on as the Titanic sinks. And by play on, I mean inject themselves and turn themselves in the gorillas. And I don't know if you saw the Titanic movie. They they didn't get it right because I do think originally on the real Titanic, they turned themselves in the gorillas, right? That's what I heard. I remember that from history class. And this is one of those where I think it's supposed to be more of a wow moment, but I think it's also supposed to show like, here they are, the human, those dirty humans, you know, they're always going back to their primal ways. And this is more of a like, Okay, well, we're really going to show it by giving this injection. It kind of is weird. In my mind, if I'm a smart scientist and I'm here at the Orcus facility and I know that the mutants are coming and I know they're going to do something, I would have worked out more of a plan to defend myself and the lab than turn into a gorilla. I don't know that that's a really well thought out plan. If somebody though thought it was cool, they're they're sitting there at the meeting and like, hey, what should we do? Well, I came up with this like anti mutant gun. No, 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 that that doesn't have the pizzazz we need. How about you, John? How about we turn ourselves into gorillas? All right, yeah, that's bananas, buddy. Right, bananas. That's what they said. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of a stupid plan in my mind. Uh, and it's not even as a wow moment as I thought because of the idea that they kind of just get pushed aside as Magneto says, I'll take care of the gorillas. You guys go into the lab 
and go ape, right? <laughs> he doesn't say that, but he's going to go and off panel, he's going to take care of the gorillas. And basically when he does come back, He's just like, eh, you know, gorillas, they get tribal. I ended up exerting my dominance, and then they all beat each other up and killed each other. And it's kind of like, all right, and that's kind of odd. But the Ras Polaris, Cyclops, and Storm go into the lab, and they see that, indeed, there are children that are there, mutant children that were being experimented on. They're going to free them. They do end up breaking them out of these tubes. You end up having Storm... Do a a Krakoa flower gate, which I really liked. I liked seeing that. I think that it was really well done there to to remind you or or show you. And there might be some people who didn't read the Hawks and Pox that just came into that. It'd be weird. But some people didn't have the money maybe to spend on all those issues. They come in for the X-Men number one. And you do get to see the flower grow, open up the gate. I thought it was really neat. Well, as this is going on, they open another tube that they say this isn't quite mutant it's something different it's weird i don't understand it it's it's seraphina who comes out and seraphina comes out looking like a negative and says you know oh you know trying to use her powers so that storm doesn't see her but that's just like it's not working she's like oh man you know i kind of came out of the oven a little quick And as Magneto's coming back, she just basically says, I smell you later. I'm out of here and goes and disappears in a portal. And as this goes on, uh, you do end up having Polaris like, okay, she translocated. That's pretty clever girl. Should I follow her father saying to Magneto? And he's like, yes, she couldn't have gotten that far. And then Scott ends up. No, no, no. That's not our priority. Uh, the council have to t- talk about that, but the more important thing is to get these kids. Now, the thing is that got me kind of mad is, yeah, I understand the council. I, I understand all that, but you are just going to walk through a portal that that you ended up having. It just made, Storm made it. The portal's ready. The kids and you are going to walk through. You don't need everybody to go through. This is not a portal that's going to go and have a layover in Buffalo and then one in Syracuse. You are going right to Krakoa. There is no reason for Polaris not to go off to chase Serafina. And it just seemed like that was just thrown in there like, oh, man, wow. that and But we're not ready for that. We'll, we'll wait for that one. Uh, I thought that that was a little odd the way that played out, but you do have the kids get to go through and they end up going and Dr. Reyes is there and she's going to look over him. And she says, the thing is these kids, they kind of did go through hell. They were, you know, experimented on, which is torture and they appeared healthy, but they have healers there. They also have empaths. They're, they're going to pretty much, you know, lickety split. You're fine. No concussion protocol needed here. You do end up having Storm kind of sit and say, I'm going to stay a little with these two mutants over here. I like to call them gold and silver here. Uh, Yeah, they haven't really talked and I'm worried about them. And that's where Scott says, you should rest. You know, you have been going nonstop. You need a little rest. You told me you're tired. It's like my wife, Tanya. She actually is manic depressive. And she'll go three days without sleep, and she is exhausted. She can't keep her eyes open. She thinks that she is running a marathon at that point. She thinks that she's, you know, doing everything where she's just falling asleep, standing up, and we kind of have to, you know, force her to go to sleep. 
Here, it's not quite the same. Scott doesn't do that. Uh, but Magneto uh, comes through the portal and all the kids on Krakoa go nuts. Magneto is now the Paul McCartney here of Krakoa. They're cheering him on. They're all loving it. It, it gets a little bit... You, you get a little wary of it just because it's like, oh, my, it's like the cold of Magneto already starting. That could be dangerous down the line. But you end up having Polaris and Scott talk about it. Scott thinks it's great because everybody is happy. And they even say he looks younger. Magneto, he is loving this. And the lines, though, the dialogue for him perfect it's so good because you have these young mutants and they're all fired up man when when the humans come we're gonna fight with you right right magneto we're gonna fight them humans and magneto actually says listen i fight so that you'll never have to i have fought all my life i don't want you to do that a lot of my life was wasted on war and nonsense with humans so that you don't have to do it and it's a really really good line and really goes deep you know, deep cut with who Magneto is and his background and things like that. I really did like that. Well, you end up having Scott then talking to Polaris and saying, I'm going to head home. My dad's in town. Uh, you know, Alex is there. And then even says, hey, y- you want to you wanna come with me there, Polaris? She's like, yeah, I don't think I'm ready for that right now. Yeah, the people who are there, you just mentioned, yeah, I don't know that I want to see an ex right now, but thank you. And, you know, Scott goes off to see his father and his family uh and even that you end up having scott talk about and and another good deal talking about you know i was petrified before to have a kid and it wasn't that i didn't want to have a kid because that's awesome and i don't know what he's talking about i have five boys so he ends up like but I was I was afraid to bring them into a world, a world that hated mutants, a world that was awful, a world that I was fighting through and running through and all this. But now it, it's great. Now we're home and everything that I wanted, everything that I once believed in and, and all it's real now. It's great. And yet Polaris say, do you really believe that? And he's like every single word of it. And it's really good. And he's going to go off to his house. But we're going to go off to the Orcus Forge that we ended up seeing in the Hox and Pox. And it's where the five went, ended up, you know, pretty much destroying a lot of it, killing a lot of people then dying themselves and then being brought back on Krakoa. And you go in there and you end up having Killian Devo the head who has arrived. He wasn't there before. He he was one, if you remember in the, the issue, when the X-Men did show up there, you had a lot of people alerted and they all were heading towards the Orcus Forge, but they didn't get there in time. The leader here was one of them. And you even have it where Karima, the Omega Sentinel, ends up saying, thank God you didn't get here because it it would have all been ruined. You're the head, you're everything about this. So it's good that you didn't get here. A lot of people died and you have him doing a funeral uh, and, it, and it's a big thing. And it does point out, you know, it's not just, you know, the humans are awful and everything they do. They have their things going on too. And they have a bunch of people who were dead and you know loved ones and things, especially Dr. Gregor, whose husband we saw die and is being buried there. But Dr. Gregor is not there at this funeral as we speak, which comes into play near the end. 
But you end up having Devo talking about, yeah, you know, you kind of said this, Creamy. You said that this stuff was going to go down. You know, everybody hates a know-it-all. And an I told you so deal. Um, But ends up saying to her, you know, know, we should have seen it. I don't know. And she says, listen, the idea that you had, you know, a mother mold, all this stuff, this was going to cause a reaction. And she says, as... Somebody who is kind of and has been looking from the outside in saying everything you're doing is always going to cause a reaction from the mutants. You have to see that you you can't have a mother mold here around the sun and not expect a reaction from the mutants. Plus, and I really like the way she spells it out. You thought that having, you know, this this base, the space station so far away from Earth would be a deterrent for mutants? That's nonsense. It's not a deterrent for... It's more of a deterrent for humans. And and really, it was proven when the mutants got there, they attack. The humans couldn't get there in time to help out. They ended up getting there too late, uh, including Killian Devo, the director. And I, I thought that that was a really good line about the, you know, it was a deterrent for humans, not mutants. And it was. And also the idea that she is kind of going with this, you know, symbiotic relationship between the, the give and take of human mutant. It's always there. And, you know, this, I think, is something that Jonathan Hickman is playing with in the background. The idea that while you have the mutants on Krakoa saying, yeah, you stinking humans were done. And the humans, oh, we're going to get, they do have that relationship that kind of can't just be canceled out completely. There's always going to be a give and take. There's always going to be, you know, the humans doing something that the mutants will react to, then the mutants will react to it. All that stuff is just the way that the nature of the system uh, and it's being disturbed now. Uh, And I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Again, I like this issue. You then go off to Scott going to his house and you do see that his house is actually on the moon. He's like, oh, I got such a great view here and it's it's Earth and he's there and it's, you know, he even said Alex is there. So he's going to see his brother and it's pretty much the gangs all here. You even have Wolverine there, but you have the star jammers. You have his dad, Chris Corsair uh, and Raza Chode. Hepzibah, you have the, all the star jammers, uh, you know, hanging out. You do also have Vulcan, who is pretty funny. He's, you know, cooking meat for Wolverine. Wolverine likes his steak rare, which you would guess he would. And Vulcan is just like, really? Like, I like burning stuff. That's kind of my thing. And really, cooking a steak on a grill with fire, you're asking the fire not to be what it is, to try to make it rare. And Wolverine's like, I'm going to slice you. And Vulcan's like, okay, rare it is. Medium rare. And they kind of have a little back and forth. In the meantime, like I said, you have Alex. You have Havoc there. You end up having all of, you have uh, Gene. You also have Rachel. And Rachel and uh, Hepzibah. I keep almost saying the name. They're talking and they're getting along and everybody's just sitting there. And pretty much one of the biggest things I think out of this is the idea that you get a gift given from Scott to his father so that the star jammers can end up putting a Krakoa flower that they say is a portal. 
but I don't really know that they'll be able to use it as much because then you need to be mutant. But, uh, you know, maybe I'm looking at it a little different. Uh, somebody could tell me that. Uh, but the little deal in here I like. You have Raza there uh, exchanging uh, or at least bragging about his gun compared to uh, Kid Cable's gun. And they, hey, Mom, can I have Raza's gun? I really want it and stuff like that. And it's it's just a nice little scene that shows you that everybody is getting along they have their deal and then you get a uh, uh, you know a floor plan of the house and then you're wondering why would wolverine why is wolverine even anywhere near gene's room i i don't understand you have gene in the middle of two other rooms with scott and logan Seems odd. I did remember when that came about, people were all up in arms about it. Like, that is the weirdest thing ever. Uh, And, yeah, you have talk with Chris and Scott then after their dinner, talk about Krakoa. You know, Corsair saying, you know, is this happy? Do you finally have the life that you want? I know it's been hard. And he's like, yeah, it's great. It's the best thing. Uh, Yeah, I think it's all going to work out. Everybody's going to be fine. And you know that that won't be the case. And the issue then ends back on the Orcus Forge. Uh, and you end up having Killian Devo, the director, come in and say to Dr. Gregor, where in the heck were you? We buried your your husband and you weren't there. And she's like, well, pretty much, you know, there was nothing left of him. I, I didn't need that. I, you know, I, there was nothing to bury him. Plus... He lives on in his work that I'm doing now. She's doing some stuff. And then she just pretty much then of the whammy of the whole deal for a cliffhanger says, and by the way, I think I know how to bring him back and then picks up and has the crystal. So that is a big deal there and would be a big thing kind of mimicking how the X-Men can bring themselves back as well this would be a big thing for humanity and especially you know orcus and things like that because they're pretty much getting decimated by the x-men so they'll be able to bring back some of their big guns and their great minds all of this stuff going on and yeah i really liked it i really like this issue uh it is a slower moving issue than maybe some would Think, but if you have read the Hawks and Pox, you you know the pacing. It, it's not real different from that. I think that some people that would jump into this number one without that would be a little confused at first, but you, you get caught up. But I think maybe the pacing would be off. And, and really, once you get done, you end up getting that checklist of all the books. And there's a lot of books, this whole Dawn of X thing that was going. And so you get the idea, okay, you don't have to do too much right away. You you can, you can kind of settle in and stuff. It stinks because there's so many books and they cost money and things like that, but you kind of go in and it's one of those, it's a weird issue. I like it. I said, I like it. I'm giving it an 8.5. But at the end, it's more of just little things. And you could tell, I, I hope, that when I was talking about it, the things that impressed me were little bits of dialogue, were little things that went. There was never like a thing like, oh, man, you know, and that was awesome, and that happened, and that. It's more of a subtle thing. So as I'm reading it, it's like, okay, this is okay. Yeah, I'm not angry. I, I like that. Uh, and then at the end, 
you start thinking about some things and then maybe you read it again. I read it a couple of times. And so you go and read it again and then you're like, you know what? I, I like this a little more. And then you think about it. Then you, you go take a shower, you know, and then you might have to go to the bathroom and you're thinking about this is my whole day is what I'm explaining to you. And so as it's going on and as I'm getting closer and closer to recording this and I, I read it again and I'm, and it's one of those where I can't quite put my finger on why I like it so much, but I do, despite, like I said, I'm not a big fan of the art, but I like it. it it's good. It's well done. Uh, so, yeah, 8-5. I don't know if that even explains anything or it makes any sense. I'm just saying that I, I couldn't, if you put me on the stand and I said, why do you like it? It's not really cut and dry, black and white, why I like it. It's just, I do. And I think that's the case on some of these other books. But this one especially kind of continues that feeling for me as we go forward. I've read ahead, obviously. and But the next book that I'll be talking about after I do the mail that's coming up, that one is more of a in my face, like, yeah, I really like this. I like the character. I, I have more reasons to like that, though they're both very good. But I will keep that for later because right now I'm going to go off to the mail. Do you have the time to drive me in Brandon Line? And with that's my book, comics at gmail.com. We will read them all. At the wrong turn, says Mel Cowell. Whether they're positive or when they are not. You can give a shout out to your peeps. Make fun of Brandon, but not me. It's all for the weekend show. Brandon lives in Buffalo. Now here's wrong to say. Yo, it's Mel Call. Ah, yes, it is mail call, and this is a mail that's from a couple weeks ago. We mentioned it last week that we skipped it because Brandon was tired, and uh, we were trying to get the show done. And along with the idea that we're trying to get a grasp of how to do the show and how to get things done, I would think that after 150-plus episodes, we'd have that down, but that is not the case. Uh, You know, this is a learning process, people. That's what you get. Also, with... The idea of comics not coming out, trying to scramble for these things. Uh, I want to come out of this with more of a cohesive show uh, and a show that is regular and has all the components that it has each and every time. You know, I'm talking about the mail and things like that, but also the deal of having the two shows. Uh, I mentioned to Brandon, I think that I'm going to do the catch up stuff. As I'm doing tonight, but I'm going to do that as the extra show as we go on. Uh, Once the comics come back and I'm kind of caught up on things, I think that we're going to go back to having one bigger show. And I say bigger show, probably four books on a Monday. Uh, I have the, you know, best intentions. Uh, Isn't that what's paved with the intentions of the golden streets? Is that what they say? Is that the saying that they say? Uh, because I always have this idea, oh, man, I want to have 17 shows a week and I want to do this. And and sometimes people don't like my ideas. That, that is uh, one thing. And also I end up biting off more than I can chew and then it upsets me. So I think that we're going to get back to 
just having the one show once we get the books back maybe expanded a little not too much i i know that people got upset when we had that four hour show though some people didn't but uh we'll get to a more cohesive deal as we go i kind of promise i I don't want to fully promise because then uh, i'll break promises and then i'll be upset again uh but we're here for the mail not for me to talk gibberish if you want to be involved in the mail and be the star of the show just like quentin here you can email us at weird science uh what is it marvel comics at gmail.com see 150 plus episodes still a learning process isn't it one of those things that you wake up and if you learn three new things a day then you're probably too, working too hard is what i think that, that's what i'm Edit saying that out. you should learn one thing a day not three one And the one thing is, oh, man, I'm alive. All right, let's go. And Quentin starts off the mail with, hello, Jim and Brandon. How goes it, friends? And I will speak for Brandon and say they stink. Is what they are. I'm stuck in this room. This room's starting to stink is what's going on. I have a little too many cups. I got my, my coffee here. I end up having some vapor rub. I should put some of that on, you know, open up the, the windpipes a little, uh, And continuing, Quentin says, will you guys be reviewing The Werewolf by Night number one and Ultraman number one books on the podcast when they come out? Well, I will tell you that Werewolf by Night number one, definitely. Ultraman number one, we shall see. I don't think that's something Brandon would like. Uh, They had announced, I believe, that Kyle Higgins is writing it, who I am a huge fan of. Even though at one point he was going to come on the DC podcast with us, he had set it up. Everything was going there. He was good to go. He, we followed each other on Twitter. He was sending me messages. And then the day that we were going to have it, he ended up not going on and, and unfollowed me. I don't know. He actually must have actually listened to the podcast then and realized he didn't want to be involved. So that, that was a, a bummer for me. Still love him. I still love his writing. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the Ultraman book. Uh, I was an Ultraman fan as a kid, though all I can remember in my mind is every time Ultraman would show up, it was almost like if you were going to talk uh, a Green Lantern on the DC deal, uh, it, how the Green Lantern ring would always get depleted at the worst times possible ultraman's energy would need have this thing that would beep and then he'd have to fly back to the base i don't really remember if i'm i'm remembering this right uh i will also let you know if you haven't realized by this point after me talking about the x-men book and now into the mail i i don't have my medicine i can't get my uh, adderall and i am struggling i am struggling i'll tell you i'm struggling Ah, the main reason I asked is because first, I don't have a clue who Ultraman is beyond how you can use the beta capsule to turn into Ultraman for one minute each day. And second, I have read a few old Werewolf by Night issues, but this is a new Werewolf by Night. One of the craziest names ever. I wonder if there, I would love it to be a team and there's like Werewolf by mid-afternoon and then there's the Werewolf by early morning that doesn't really like to wake up and isn't a morning person, but after he has his coffee, he's okay. Something like that. That'd be pretty cool. That's the book I want to write. And I'm wondering if the story will be any good. However, does art look pretty crappy in the preview? So Quentin is throwing shade. It is what he is doing there. Oh my God, I hit the wrong thing. I wanted to hit this. Edit that out. I am struggling, I'm telling you. Uh, I, di- I haven't really looked at the preview art 
for the Werewolf by Night. And just giggle every time I hear that name. I really do. And I've read a couple Werewolf by Night issues, giggled the whole time. I, I don't know. Is it, is it a comedy? I can't tell. It's by Taboo, though. Taboo. He's uh, co-writing it. And uh, Taboo, if you don't know Taboo, his main claim to fame is being the member of the Black Eyed Peas that isn't Will I Am or Fergie. That's Taboo. Uh, he says, now, second, uh, two more questions. Number one, what are your top five characters? And I'm, I'm guessing that would be top five Marvel characters since we are here on the Marvel podcast because my main character, my two favorite characters of all time in comics, and some people will grit and, you know, they'll get mad, but it's Dick Grayson from DC, uh, but Gabby from marvel i love gabby and i ended up reading the all new wolverine book was one of the first books that i have read i ended up getting the marvel unlimited app before i ever even read one marvel comic i this is years ago when it first came out i just like a bargain i like a good deal so i got it and for some reason i don't know how what maybe it had just come on and it was like you know new this week or whatever i ended up starting to read the all-new Wolverine, and it was a little into the series, so Gabby was already established. It was probably like issue eight or so. I can't remember really, but I ended up and and just fell in love with Gabby, and admittedly, Gabby to me was the girl Wolverine version of Damian Wayne from DC. I don't know how that made sense in my mind, but it did, and I love those kind of characters. Uh, Besides Dick Grayson, my favorite characters of all comics usually are, are jerks, uh, and I like that. I like a character that's a jerk mainly because you get something a little different from them, but being that Deadpool is one of my favorites. Now, this is the problem, too, is Quentin's asking me my top five characters, and I'll go with Marvel, but you have to remember, if you had listened to our podcast since the beginning, that's pretty much when I started reading Marvel. I had read to catch up, to get to the podcast, but I haven't been reading Marvel all my life and things like that. So I am actually in the stage. If you can remember way back when, when you were just a couple years into being a Marvel fan, you tend to change your characters. Every story you read, if if you ended up, I'll tell you, I was not a daredevil fan at all. Could care less about daredevil. Then Chip Zdarsky comes around. He starts winking at me. I get a little excited. Now I'm a, I'm a daredevil fan. And now I've even read some Frank Miller and stuff and love Daredevil. I'm also a Captain America fan, which is why we started this podcast. I wanted to talk Captain America. Of course, we haven't talked Captain America because I'm not really a big fan of Tennessee Coates as Captain America. But we'll be able to and you'll see next week when we do start off doing some classic shows, me and Brandon on the Monday show. I have picked a Captain America story for my first story. So that shows you right there. I already said Gabby, so there's three. I have become a Spider-Man fan and uh, in a crazy deal because, like I said, these things can change every story I read. I've been reading a lot of Black Widow uh, recently, the past week or so, and now Black Widow's up there. And that's just how it goes. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I should do like uh, what people, my favorite character, all of them, right? And I also like X-23 Laura is, is up there too with Gabby. I kind of put them together with that. But uh, 
Yeah, it, it changes a lot. It, it changes as I get inspired to read more, jump into things, actually understand some characters a little more than I have. And that's not hard because I don't understand much at all. Uh, the next one is two. Who would you rather be stuck on a deserted island with? Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, or Wade Wilson, Deadpool? Now, you end up, I already said, Deadpool, one of my favorite characters. I would not want to be stuck on an island with him. First off, Reed, he, in my mind, and I'll go even to the Marvels, uh, the Marvels trade, the Marvels story, where you have Alex Ross, who actually drew Reed Richards as the professor from Gilligan's Island, and I think that that would be perfect. I think Reed Richards would probably be able to make things out of coconuts. We'd have a, a you know, a go kart. We'd have a coconut radio. We'd be talking to each other on the coconuts and things like that. And and plus, he can stretch around, you know, because you got to get the coconuts. They're high up. I'm a short guy. I'm not going to sit there and climb up a tree. What do you, what do you think? I, I'm going to do exercise? I'm going to be sitting there. You, you get the coconuts there, Mr. Fantastic. You stretch your, your arms up there, get the coconuts, make me a drink, and then we're good. Also, I, I think that I could kind of bully Reed Richards around a little. I don't know. He, he is pretty tough, but I, I think I could bully him around and make him do stuff. I think that Wade would probably end up cutting off his head or something and then jumping in and getting eaten by a shark within two minutes. It'd be nonsense. So, yeah, I'm going Reed Richards, but the Reed Richards that looks like the professor from Gilligan's Island. So it's perfect. I would tell you, I hope you have a good night and to get some sleep, but you're probably recording this at 3 in the morning. No, right now it is 1.30 a.m. 1.30 a.m. So we'll see when we get back. And that's from Quentin Choir. P.S. Got milk, he said? Uh, seriously, do you have any? The coronavirus is killing me. Uh, also, don't traumatize the poor baloney. Just go to Sam's and buy some of the pre-sliced cheese and use some squares of paper that come in between the slices. I'll just use the cheese. That cheese is nonsense. I don't like the pre-sliced cheese that's in the the plastic stuff. That stuff just tastes like plastic. I don't know which. Maybe I'm actually eating the plastic. I'm doing it wrong. The cheese is actually the see-through stuff, right? You put that on and then throw away that that yellow-orange paper. Is that what happens? Yeah, we have toilet paper now. We actually got toilet paper. At one point, I really thought we were going to start having to wipe our butts uh, with dryer sheets. I actually started and and tried, and it makes you smell pretty good. It does. It it gives you a weird feeling down there, though. I I will tell you that. But you smell good, uh, and that's a plus all the time. But that's the end of the mail. I hope that Quentin is doing okay. I hope you got some milk. I actually have before this whole thing hit i've been on the whole 30 diet uh for a couple months now and one of the big things in that is you can't have dairy and so what i end up drinking is a lot of almond milk and i get like the unsweetened vanilla almond milk that is probably the best thing to have and i know that a lot of people be like i don't like almond milk yeah that's nonsense but if stuff really goes down, the almond milk actually stays, you know, for like two months. It's almond milk. So you end up getting that. You're going to be fine. You'll be fine. I promise. Just get that. Just you'll get used to it. You, you will. It's it's not the greatest, but you can make smoothies with it. I every morning I start my morning off with a smoothie with a banana and some kale and some blueberries. Oh, my. 
How delicious does that sound? But uh, yes. So anybody, if you want to email us and we'll get back to that normal deal with the mail, all that, like Quentin, you can email us at weirdsciencemarvelcomics at gmail.com. Like I said, it will be in the show notes. But now we're going to go off to talk another of the X books. This one, uh, one I really like, and that's Marauders. All right. Now we're going to talk about Marauders number one, written by Jerry Dugan. Art by Matteo Loli, colors by Federico Blee, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit, also designed by Tom Muller. And this is my favorite book so far of the X books. Uh, a lot of people that I talk to say the same, which actually shocks me then when I was doing the sales when books were actually coming out. Uh, this was not selling as well as a lot of the other books. It really shocked me. I mean, you end up having a book with Kitty Pride. That should be a big thing that would push sales up. You have a pretty cool team with Iceman, Storm, Pyro, all these things in it. And it just wasn't selling as well, which does, it, it shocks me. And I'll tell you, earlier I said that I didn't like the art in the X-Men number one, and that's not the case here. Uh, Matteo Loli's art, I love. I think that it's great. I love uh, the colors that Frederico Blee has here going on. So I really, really like the look of this book. And Kitty Pride, or Kate Pride, as we'll have her demand to be called by the end of the issue, is pretty much my favorite X-Men as well. That not including, say, a Laura or a Gabby, I'm saying, of the classics here. Uh, and I also love Storm and Bobby, Iceman as well. So this team is pretty much right up my alley. I really like it. And it does start off with a wow moment. And this is what I was talking about earlier when I ended up before I went to the mail. The idea of wow moments in that first X-Men, but very subtle, very plodding to get the story. Uh, you know, it's more of a cerebral story. This, though, it's it's action, it's fun, uh, and I love the characters. And it starts off with one of the big wow moments that sets up the book. But one of the big wow moments of the whole Dawn of X books is the idea where in Central Park, you end up having Nightcrawler and Storm having a gate to Krakoa, talking to the kids. Hey, you come in, and I love this, too. They, they're explaining it. It's like... Hey there, kids, you know, this is a gate you could just go through. No mention of, you know, you, you should ask your parents or, you know, just Krakoa. It's all yours. Let's go. Uh, Kitty is all fired up. Yeah, all right. We get to go. And then just slams her face right into it, breaks her nose. She's bleeding all over. Uh, and this is, a you know, the whole mystery of it. Why isn't she able to use the gate? She's the only one that they seem to not be able to use the gate. And uh, also... With that, you even have other mutants start talking about this and wondering about it, but they're all confused. And so what you end up getting from that is the rest of the X-Men, the rest of the mutants, they go through the gate to Krakoa. Kitty is going to get to Krakoa on a stolen sailboat. Uh, you know, her and Lockheed are going. Lockheed is eating sushi. He's catching seagulls. He's doing, you know, Lockheed things. Uh, and they realize, okay, we're, we're getting close when he does get a seagull. She lands the boat 
and runs into Iceman. They start talking. He's talking trash about things. And she's still like, why can't I get through these gates? And they even thought, well, maybe if you get to Krakoa and you can get to the main gate there, maybe it'll work then. It doesn't. And she even's like, well, what have I done to piss you off, Krakoa? Uh, yeah, and Bobby's like, eh, you know, craziness going on. As this is going on, Logan just flies by because she ended up getting a shopping list. And I really like this moment. You kind of, especially now that there's time since this book came out. But when this came out, you were closer to when the hawks and pox happened, when you ended up having Logan dead and then coming back where she's like, Man, they really did it. They they brought him back. They they brought him back, and then you know, Iceman's like, "Yep, they did. It's great. Uh, you gotta adjust, whatever." And she's wondering if she has a home there, and pretty much she has the "I have no home" because you have to go in. You have to talk to Krakoa, and Krakoa is not talking to Kitty. One of the big things when this did come out was the whole deal of Logan's shopping list. It's you know, beer, coffee. Suds, he says, Cubano sandwiches, ribs, stuff like that. That's fine. But uh, you end up where Bobby's then saying, like, you know what? It's weird. This one gate nobody's coming out of. I better, you know, jump in there and see what's going on. And as this is going on, as, as Kitty's pissed and like, show off because he just walks in, you end up getting uh, Emma Frost contacting Kitty through, you know, her mind powers and talking about this deal that they had this idea that kitty would be able to go end up having a boat with a crew that's part of what emma explains with all of the medicines going out and about with all the stuff the mutants have to control everything and that's even the black market like they have to set the prices everywhere or all of this will come crashing down that's where the hellfire company and now the hellfire trading company is going to get involved and they are going to use kitty as a person who's going to help that you know go and find if there's people stealing all that but in the meantime her main job as well is to go and free people and it's kind of a a funny little twist here where kitty can't go through the gates but her main thing is going to be to go make sure she can go and have people go through the gates if they are being oppressed, if they are being kept from going. Now, as that goes on, you end up pretty much seeing around the world there are a lot of places where people aren't. The mutants in certain countries are not allowed to use those gates. They're being guarded. They're being kept from going in where we go to Russia, where is where you ended up having Bobby go through, ends up in Russia, where he runs into Dr. Phobos, who is there in his big armor, and he says, no mutants are allowed to go to Krakoa. The Russian mutants will serve Mother Russia. They will serve the state. So stop your nonsense. Ends up blasting Bobby, which then ends up he has a power dampener deal where all of a sudden Bobby's pretty much nude in his undies, and his flip-flops, and he skedaddles out. Because, you know, basically, you have Phobos there. Boom, power's gone. Everybody shoot that guy. He jumps through the gate as one of his flip-flops ends up getting shot. Now, you know, if anybody shoots flip, that that should be a, you know, a crime that should be execution. Poor flip-flops. They don't do any. They're not Crocs. I mean, Crocs, I don't care. 
Crocs are pretentious flip-flops. These are just standard flip-flops. They don't need to be shot. Bobby jumps in. He's like, I almost died. I mean, there was craziness in there. All these people. At this point, Kate is dipping into the stash of whiskey, it seems, from Logan. She's drunk. And she's like, yeah, let's go fight the humans. I swam to my boat. And he ends up joining up. And you have Kitty go and then say, Storm walks by and is like, hey, Storm. You want to join my team, too? I'm sure she's, you know, all of that stuff. She's hiccuping. and Storm's like, listen, I know all of this stuff because I was offered this job. I will join you right now because I like you. Uh, but I don't want to deal with Emma. That That's my one rule. I don't deal with Emma. She's like, fine, I'll deal with Emma. In the meantime, when Emma was talking to Kitty... Ended up saying, why are you having them still call you Kitty? You you go by Kate now. And she's like, yeah, they, you know, they're, they're creatures of habit. They're, they're not used to that. Uh, but she's like, you know, you're grown up. You're not just a school teacher now. You, you have your own. You, you got to get out and about. You got to grow up. And that is a big thing by the end. And I know that some people ended up not liking that when this first came out. I, I don't mind. I, I do like Kitty, though. But, you know. You can still go with old Shadow Cat and all that stuff, I guess. But, you know, Kate. And so she's gathering up this team. She's getting everybody ready to go. And they are going to, you know, go to Russia. Let's go to Russia and free these people with the gate. Now we see that it's not just Russia that has problems. You go off to Taiwan and you're having a lady give a big speech and say, my husband ended up going to the gate. He touched and he disappeared. And, you know, he's not a mutant. What the heck are these mutants doing? I, I think that he's being held against his will. They have kidnapped them. This is nonsense. You see that in the crowd, Bishop's there. And Bishop goes up afterwards to this lady and says, yeah, um, there, there's no record of your husband ever going to Krakoa. I mean, something seems weird. Like, he's there to help, it seems. And you know right away that there is no husband. And if there is, they have him, you know, in a cell somewhere so they can pretend he was kidnapped or killed him or whatever. And the lady just turns around and is like, you are a mutant. You're worthless. I don't want to hear you. And get the heck out of my face. And it's crazy. I mean, you see, and and done really well, the, the idea that now humans are starting to rally the troops and they're doing it in really bad ways. That they're, they're not being totally truthful. They're making up propaganda against the mutants, stuff that you would think that they would be ready for, at least realize this would happen. But you end up having Bishop call back to Xavier and say, like, yeah, yeah, things aren't great in Taiwan. Things are going bad here. There's something that smells rotten and fishy. You go off then to the boat where you do end up having Storm. And, and Kitty ended up saying, hey, Storm, you know, it'd be great to, if you would join me and Bobby because, you know, you kind of control the wind and stuff. You can help us with the sailboat. It'd be really cool. Uh, so they're there. Well, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Pyro comes up and this is the original pyro who comes up from down below he he was snoozing and you end up having Bobby like pyro and you're the original pyro like that that's weird you're not simon you're saint john what's going on and he can tell because he's like hello love good day mate he got you want a shrimp on the barbie does ya 
And he doesn't say that, but I'd like it if he did. The dingo ate your baby. The dingo ate your baby, he did. And he's like, whoa, 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 that accent, you're the original pyro. He's like, yeah, mate, that's what's going on here. <laughs> I sound Australian. And he said, I was one of the first that came back. It was crazy. I was like a guinea pig, but hey, it worked. And here I am. Let's go. And so they are heading off to Russia to fight Phobos. And they do. They get there. They they go right away on the attack. And you see that Phobos, he is just standing there, uh, just waiting. And he even says, we're waiting since we had the contact with the Omega uh, we're waiting for him to come through. They do try to kind of get there and surprise him. It doesn't really work right away uh, because he ends up depowering both Storm and Bobby. Uh, Bobby's now in his other undies. Now, he had kind of tidy whities before. Now he's got like bikini briefs, a little sexier here. Uh, but didn't count on Kitty. And Kitty in this where Jerry Dugan is just like, I, I could just see him writing. He's like, okay, here's where... I show that Kitty just completely kicks butt, and she does. She just dismantles the whole Russian army here. She ends up just destroying by phasing, phasing uh, through the armor of Phobos. That's done. So, and and as that's going on, you have Bobby running away in his bikini briefs. Uh, then she's pissed. She ends up doing some pretty crazy things, and there is something that is telling because at one point. When Emma was talking to Kitty and saying, I trust you, everybody trusts you, you're reliable, you're dependable. And plus, the thing that really always impressed me about you is that when you fight somebody, human, whatever, you always fight them, but you never give them that extra kick that they need. Like, even if you wanted to, you didn't give them that kick afterwards and she does that here and she does more at one point she even gets a gun phases in these two soldiers legs so they're connected with the gun just awful uh she ends up phasing into a tank that shows up gets these pretty much like gas grenades uh ends up gassing the guy out of the tank uh and this is where she ends up i'm telling you she is kicking complete butt and it's pretty cool because as this progresses, you're like, okay, let's see what's going on. A guy attacks her with a sword. She ends up kicking the sword out of his hand, catches it, hits him over the head with it. And it's pretty much a pirate sword. So she's going to be able to have that when she goes off to be Captain Kate in a minute. But this is the thing. She's there. She has the sword. This guy is knocked out. He's laying on the ground. And, and again, I don't even know that this means that much at this point, whatever. But she goes over to the guy who's knocked out and then gives him an extra kick. And he says, here's what she says. Here's one for fun. This is exactly what Emma said. She never does. Ends up doing that. Oh, all this is going on as well. There's some others there. And you get Pyro to team up with Lockheed, who then, uh, you know, pretty much powers him up with a, the flame. And he ends up flaming all of the rest of the soldiers. They go off and the team then goes and gets these mutants that weren't able to get through the gate and one of them is taking you know a, a video with their phone because you know mutants are people too everybody's got to take their videos and stuff mutants humans this is where we could all get along right 
uh, and they're taking it. And that's and I love the art progression because you do have Kitty then with Lockheed walking away and this person's recording. She goes, hey, keep recording. And then she turns around and, and pretty much in my mind, the cutest pose. As she turns around, she still has the bandage over her broken nose. Lockheed's there around her neck there. And she turns around pointing. If, you, if you're if you a mutant and can't get the Krakoa, then the Marauders will bring you home. And that's what broadcasts out. And she's all happy with herself with this, it seems. Uh, you do get Storm saying, yeah, you know, about that, you know, Marauders thing. Don't really like that name. I'm not in love with that name. And Kitty says something again a little bit subtle but i really like the idea she's like yeah well i didn't want to say anything about the x-men or anything because i don't know if they really want to be associated with us we might be more black ops than than we realize here you know we're we're, uh, you know under the table off the books so i came up with that i was on the spot i thought it was cool and She ends up saying at one point, which also was a really, really neat way of showing that they're a team already, is that when this all gets done, Kitty goes up to the, you know, the door, the Krakoan portal deal and goes and touches it. And, you know, I get maybe this time it'll work from Russia. It doesn't. And she's like, well. I guess you guys will just use the portal and the door. I'll just meet you back. I'm going to get on the boat. Me and Lockheed will meet you back on the boat. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. I like Pyro. He's like, hey there, mate. What's fun is that? Here you go. Hey, look at that, Croc. And uh, then Storm's like, no, no, no. We're going with you. We're a team now. And I really like that. And she seems to be happy about that as well. So they're sailing back and they're talking about what they are going to do. You end up having. Kitty say to Emma Alright I'm in I'm fully in both propositions I'm good this is great I'm here with some Friends we're having some great times Uh, Emma's like oh you made me So happy and That's where in a really Really good ending I thought for All of this and the art's great Uh, You have Bobby say well where Are we going Kitty and she's like Anywhere we want but do me a favor Call me Kate and that's the end. And it says to be continued. I loved it. I loved the whole thing. I love Kitty in this. I like that mystery of Krakoa. Uh, but I also like because of that, having Storm, Bobby, and then Pyro joining in with them. The team will grow as well. Uh, but I like the team. I like all the members of the team. I like them together. I like seeing Kitty kick butt, too. It was awesome. So I'm going to give this actually a 9.5. I'm really high on this book. Really enjoy it. Uh, And so there you go. There's the first two. Now, next episode that I talk, which will be sometime this week, hopefully Friday or earlier. I'm trying desperately to do that. I am struggling. I'm struggling with everything, especially not having... My medicine, which i it's nonsense. But we're going to be talking Excalibur number one and New Mutants number one next. And I know that a lot of people were down on Excalibur. I'll tell you, I don't think I'm as down as some people. It's not my favorite. Marauders is my favorite. Um, but I, I don't feel like I'm as down on Excalibur as a lot of people. A lot of people hate it. I mean, just hate it. I didn't hate it. So eh, there's a little. Thing to look forward to but like i said earlier at the beginning of the podcast we're going to start doing things a little bit different without new comics coming out 
I'm going to keep catching up on the X-Books on this show and then on the regular Monday night show, the even-numbered show with me and Brandon. We're going to be talking about older classic stories. And again, you can go and vote for what you want to hear uh, starting next Monday. I will have the link for the votes in the show notes. So you can go in there and click on it if your podcast player allows that. I know that some of them, they, they don't have links. It'll just say, you know, the deal. So maybe I'll, I'll have it printed out as well, fully the address. So you can kind of, you know, cut and paste and copy and paste, whatever the heck you call it nowadays. I don't know. I don't know what these things are. I mean, really, we can put a man on the moon and we can't make a, a good, decent cupcake, right? Is that what they say? I'm really tired. It's, it's so late, uh, right now, but yeah. I'll I'll put that deal, and I'll tell you, my story that I'm going to start out with, if I can remember, I am going to be doing The Strange Death of Captain America, the Jim Steranko story that I really like. I wanted to do a Captain America story, and that's just a couple issues. It's three issues, so I'm going to be doing that. And like I said, I think Brandon's going to pick a Wolverine, and each episode will do one issue from the stories when we get done a story we will pick another one we'll have another vote all that stuff and we'll have some fun with it we'll have some fun with some classic stories and it really does help me uh somebody who hasn't read a lot of the older things now again some of the bigger older things i have but some things like you know behold the vision I haven't read Uh, one of the things that is on the list that's actually winning right now. And I'm sure it's going to win and beyond the podcast will be days of future past, which is just two issues. So we get done that and we get the fun of picking something else. Uh, But yeah, head over there and hit that, uh, you know, whatever you want to pick. You can pick every one of them. You can vote for as many as you want. Pick all the ones that you like. And also as an aside at this very end, what I'm also going to do in the show notes if you so desire if you're not on the patreon if you haven't gone to the patreon if you haven't supported us and everybody has their reasons and in this time and what's going on right now i could never throw shade at anybody about that but because of that i thought that what i would do is have an rss feed that you can go into the show notes you can copy and paste that into your podcast player And it's going to give you some of the shows from the Patreon. Just give you a little taste of what's on the Patreon. I'm going to shuffle some things in and out of it so that you have some things. And it's more of the idea so that if you do want some more shows, you're bored, you're quarantined, you have nothing to do. It's just something that I'm going to do until this whole quarantine, all this, you know, COVID-19 nonsense ends. Is that what it's called? Uh, Yeah. So if you go in there. It's just kind of a a little gift from me uh, so that you can hear some things. And there'll be some Marvel stuff, some DC stuff, and some non-comic book stuff that I'll shuffle in and out. You can get a taste of what's in that deal, but also it'll help you pass the time if that's what you need. And I know that, you know, some people do need that. I sit here in this room all day recording some things, and it keeps me busy is why I'm doing it. Because if I wasn't keeping busy, I'd probably go insane. So, and then my family would just be done with me. So I tried to keep myself busy by recording. And one of the things I even mentioned earlier is every day I have a catch up podcast, kind of like this. This was the X Men one, but this obviously is on the regular feed. But I'm doing each day picking 
a Marvel and a DC book and going through them, catching up so that when we all come back from all this, when we end up, everything's back to normal, we're getting new books. I have more books to pick from for our overall podcast. And that's one of the things that I think will benefit from all this is the idea that me and Brandon were kind of getting a little bit of a tunnel vision with the books we were talking about because we were getting comfortable with the few that we did and not the few that we weren't. We weren't mixing it up as much as we were at the beginning. And that's something I want to do. So this all will help out. And that's one of the things where, you know, that's kind of like, you know, we're making lemonade out of the olives by the end. And that's what you always should do. Everybody try to keep positive. Wash your hands, do all that stuff. I took like six showers today and I don't go out. I told my my family, I'm not going out. I'm quarantining myself. I want this to end. It's not even just the idea of, hey, you know, I, I don't want to get sick or whatever. Yeah, nobody wants to get sick. But I also want this to end. And the only way to end it is to kind of stay inside, even though I see people send me messages all the time of, hey, I, I think this is all a hoax. It's not real. I don't know anybody who has it. Well, I do. A lady two houses down died uh, from the corona. So please, you know, treat it as not a joke. It's not a joke. And I don't want to have anybody have anything bad happen to them, uh, especially we have to be around when the, the new books come back. Right. We all have to get here and get through this all together. And also, just here's my little hope. And and I, this is just an aside. This is like a, the philosophical gym here is when this went down and everybody was inside and you actually have something that is worldwide, pretty much, that we're all going through the same problem, I really, really hoped that this would actually show everybody that we're all the same, you know, that we're, we're all in this together. We're humanity. Here we are. You know, we're, we're not as different as we think. And everybody's going through the same. I thought that people were going to start getting along. I actually thought that that was going to be the big thing coming out of this is afterwards, uh, there'd be less hate, less of, you know, anger towards each other. And that's not the case. I just think that that's what humanity needs. They they thrive on anger and hate. And that sucks. So just do me a favor and, you know, try to be nice to each other. That's all I say. Even if it has to be your family with your five boys and your wife that scream and yell while you're recording and drive you nuts when they say there's nothing to eat in the house and you just went shopping. I see I'm even struggling here. I'm getting myself angry, but yeah, just, just remember this. Remember when this is all said and done that we should all just kind of get along a little more because we're, we're in this together. We're, we're here on this roller coaster ride. I call planet earth and life and we have to get through it together. So let's try to do that. That's my thought of the day. And it's getting very late, so I'm getting goofy. So there you go. Thoughts of the day. But thanks, everybody, for listening. I really do appreciate it. And, yeah, if you can, go and try out the RSS feed and see what that Patreon's all about. And just enjoy it for now. Just enjoy some extra shows. See if you like them. And that's that. So let's all get along. And I'll talk to you later. Skin, it's sinking in. Doesn't seem real, but I always heal. I lose my mind, can be unkind. 
What I do best is very nice Everything's going blank I remember it all I'm pretty hairy Not very tall I didn't want this Not by my hand The future is dark Just a wasteland I really like Kitty Pride Wolverine Wolverine Of ten. 